Hello and welcome to Clamp, the weekly podcast where we discuss all things related to creating, living, and making projects. I'm the host, Grant Alexander, and joining me as always is Adam Mackey. This week we have a special guest. He doesn't always listen to music, but he's always been jamming. He might be willing to make you something custom, but despite his last name, he is no manservant. If you send him an email, he will not read it because he too, he's too busy working for it and likely eating while recording a podcast. It's Ben Butler. Oh, that's good, man. I am impressed. Ah. I love ah, how you, you do those. You do like killer intros. Do you come up with those on the What's fly or do you write them down? I write them down like 30 minutes before we start the podcast, usually. So you still have a day job, don't you? Right. So throughout the day. <laughs> so, you got time, well, so you got time for that shit is, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> right. So no, like throughout the week, if I if I know a guest is coming on, I have a little thing on my uh, phone and I put all the things I think about when I'm thinking about them and from having a conversation with them. And I'm thinking, you know, uh, you know, I was yeah. listening to work for it the other day and you guys were talking about you don't like to be called Benjamin. But then House <laughs> yeah. was yeah. like, "How about Benjamin? Now that's what you are in my phone." And I'm like, "Oh, that's got to that's in the intro. <laughs> that's going to be in dreams. there, <laughs> right?" So that's the that, all those things go in there. So that's how I, I like come it. up with that. Like but it. you know, like how about for all the listeners who don't know who you are and what you do? Why don't you take a little bit of time to to give yourself a little intro here? Absolutely, sure. Uh, well, as you said, my name is Ben Butler. I live in Boise. Uh, my middle name is Bauer, so that makes like five, four Bs. I've got a lot of mm-hmm. Bs in my life. I do a podcast <laughs> with Brian and Brian. Um, <laughs> so lots of Bs. Uh, but yeah, so I, I have a small uh, woodworking uh, and leatherwork business here in Boise uh, that sort of started about four years ago, four or five years ago, I guess, uh, as a side hustle. Um I used to work for the U.S. Forest Service on a wildfire research and development and technology transfer team, and so we would try to try to save the government's money uh, mm-hmm. on some of the biggest fires in the country. So, with science and uh, get more more acres to burn, so that less could uh, uh, tragically be burned, I guess, in a way. But um, but recently, I, I sort of made the leap. Uh, to woodworking and making more or less full time at this point. Uh, I had some health challenges at the end of last year, and that kind of was a was a turning point, I guess, in my life where, um, you know, my my ability to work a full uh, day job was starting to be pretty limited at that point, and so mm. uh, just decided, you know what, we're gonna just take it easy for a bit here, catch our breath and lean into the, lean into the, the woodworking and leatherwork stuff. And so that's kind of what I've been doing. Um, and it's been a lot of fun. I, uh, it's been stressful, but, um, <laughs> good stress, I guess. I don't know. I I've always said there's good stress and there's bad stress and both of them will kill you, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's, that's kind of my deal. Uh, my handle on Instagram is butlerbuilt yeah. or butlerbuilt.us. And yeah. that's my if website you, and everything else. I think it's not your full name. I know. Well, <laughs> it Butler used to built. be, yeah, it used to be the Benjamin Butler company. Yeah. And I rebranded maybe a year ago. 
think it was. You know what you got to do, by the way, is you got to mm. have somewhere mm-hmm. on Instagram that if you search the Benjamin Butler company, that you still come up. Because that's a, that I, is a hard thing to do. Uh, yeah. And that's one of the biggest drawbacks to uh, renaming your Instagram account, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But you know, so I I've guess, seen a lot of people uh, yeah. just put formally the Benjamin Butler company in oh. their bio. Well, I'm kind of like Prince, you know. I don't. I only need one handle. And- <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so we, What's, you know, it's um, we're, go ahead. I was gonna say, Dave's still drunken woodworker on a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, Pachudo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he tries really hard to shed that no that, uh, yeah. that label. <laughs> he really tries hard these days, and it's like, eh, yeah. sorry, he's still a drunk. Once a drunk, always a drunk. (laughs) (laughs) So it's uh, we're coming to the end of 2022, and Mm. I've started seeing a lot of people talking around the internet, including Ben. And this is what has uh, has started this topic of conversation: is a lot of people are talking about the goals and goals for next year, and and a lot of things. And I've I've seen a a bunch of different posts on uh, you know on Facebook and Instagram and all the things talking about what people's goals are and they're setting their goals. And I wanted to have a conversation, uh, you know, as we finish this, I don't want to actually talk a lot about what our actual goals are, but more about how we set goals, what's important when setting goals and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And, uh, so Ben recent post was actually about smart goals and, uh, almost despite he smart. almost about smart, it was more like smart goals, but, uh, <laughs> He missed the R, but it's okay. He's like Homer Simpson, right? right? It's all good. I am so smart. SMRT. I'm so fart. Yeah. (laughs) So the the so why don't you tell everyone what smart goals are, and we'll start Mm -hmm. the conversation there. Yeah, it's kind of a corporate thing, isn't it? To some extent, I think, but uh, relevant in leadership courses that you that you would take that kind of thing, mm-hmm. business courses, that kind of thing. It pops up in, in those, mostly in those, you know, uh, environments, but it's an acronym for specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time sensitive or time-based basically. Mm-hmm. So your goals, uh, in a way, well, the way it works or the way, you know, it's been, written to work is that your goal needs to pass each one of those red face tests, right? So if there's no sense in making a goal, if you don't say when it needs to be accomplished by, right? And then it's just a goal. What? By the time you die? Not a goal. Yeah. Right. You know, like Mm -hmm. I'd like to make a million dollars this year. You know, that at least has a, a time component to it. It's, you know, so so basically, as you're building goals, and, and then, again, this is just one way to do it. It's not even necessarily particularly how I do it, uh, but it's one way to do it is you could use those, what is it, four or five things to, to say, it, to determine whether or not you're writing good, solid goals. Um, right. Yeah. Do you guys, uh, do you make a point to make an exercise out of, creating goals, whether they be personal or business-based for your wood, you know, your woodworking or anything like that. I, I often think about it and and part of this is I, I think about it because they obviously work for the government. So yeah. smart goals come up, 
right? Because they're oh, yeah. they, they grab on to any acronym they can. I live uh, that life. Yep. Right. So you know, I've I've learned about this before, but it's the it's the type of thing when I learned about it, it actually makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, a lot of people will say like, "I want to lose weight." Okay, great. That is that's a great that's a great dream, but it has have at it's it, not, brother. It's, it's not specific. It's not measurable. It's not put down the ice cream scoop. Right. It's like <laughs> all these things. Like they need to. You need to be able to say when, or else that goal is never going to be done. Um, yeah. You know, so if instead speci- of the specificity too, right? Like, right? How much you want to lose? Half a pound? Yeah. Three ounces? You know? Right. Well, that's yeah. losing weight. Boom. Met my cool. goal. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, I also have these like, I I always set like a goal at the start of the year. It's like I want to be a better person than I was the year before. And I get it's not smart, but yeah. it's something that I can just like try and hopefully guide myself into becoming better. I it's I would probably call it like a mantra. Right, like yeah. that's your your annual mantra. It's like I'm I'm gonna be a better man than I was last year. Yeah, right. You know, let's so, just keep that drum beat. So, in terms of do I actually set goals? I kind of do, but I I I don't set them the the smartest way because I often like I, I want to set a smart goal and then I I I, I get caught up in the dream, right? Yeah. Whatever or the mantra or the like. I get caught up in vagueness. So I should probably think more about being specific, measurable. And when we talk about measurable, I think that's actually one of the things that is the most misunderstood part. Mm. So a lot of people think about measurable and they go, ah, you know, I want to get, I want to be on a hundred thousand subscribers next year. Yeah. Well, you don't control subscribers. No. You cannot control it. So measurable should be something like I want to produce 20 videos next year. Right. Mm-hmm. I want to produce a reel a day for 30 days. Right. It's more that of the how, a, you think? Is it the how? It's measurable, though. Could be. It's, yeah. You, you, one reel per day. You're right. measuring. But, but I'm saying the, the measurable part is that kind of a, I, I sometimes equate that to the how. Okay. Well, you want to grow on Instagram. That's your goal. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I would like to uh, show steady gro- growth on Instagram by the end of quarter two by producing one reel per day uh, that's no longer than nine seconds each. You sure. know, like, there, so you kind of get really deep. And it, I think sometimes it seems daunting. Like the goal itself is like, fuck me. You know, that's a lot of goal there. <laughs> But well, it's, it's, that's the yeah. achievable part. That's the right. A. So yeah. a lot of people, like, I'd like to do, we can talk about uh, Adam has got a great example. He was doing one video a week uh, for a while mm-hmm. on YouTube. Was that, and maybe you had a goal, I don't know if you did or not, but maybe you had, I want to do from now until the end of the year, X number, which was like one a week for this long. Did you have a goal on that? And then was that actually achievable? I didn't really have a goal on it. Um, it wasn't, it, there was no sort of, I want to put out a video a week for a specific amount of time. It was sort of for the foreseeable future. I want to put out a video a week and I thought I could do it. I thought it was achievable at the time. Mm. And then I missed recording for a week and lost a week off what I was ahead on. And then I missed the next week. And then next thing I know, I just couldn't be bothered and felt like I was losing it. And then it just got away from me. 
And I realized that it wasn't an achievable goal to put out weekly videos at this stage in my life. In saying that, I think, I think you can still have goals that don't have an end point. I mean, I, I have a goal to reach a thousand subscribers, but I don't really have an end point for it. I would have liked to do it this year, but I know I'm going to get there eventually. If I, that shouldn't be a goal. That's not a goal. That's a milestone of success. Sure. Right. So that should be part of how you can measure things, but it's really not like it shouldn't be. Your goal shouldn't be the number of subscribers. Your goal should be, I want growth. I want, I I just look when I think about goals and I think about it's out, if it's outside of your control and you cannot influence it other than like you produce more videos, you're likely to get more subscribers, but it's possible you get less, right? Like it happens. And I think that um, you're, you're absolutely right. And, and maybe this is where I, (laughs) I I, I was kind of half joking, but not really, you know, when we were messaging before the, the getting on the show and it's like, well, I don't have any goals. And, and I'm in a way I don't, I'm, I'm a one person show here. Right. Right. Um, and so I, 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 this is part of what I struggle with as a former government employee. Right. Um, and I, and I saw this, so the field of wildfire is very, uh, it's very like good old boysy. Right. So you, you have to come up from the field for the most part. It's, it's very hard mm-hmm. to not come up from the field. Uh, into a leadership position, right? So a lot of the jobs even have like 90 days on the line experience required. So you have to spend a minimum of 90 days throwing dirt at wildfires to even be considered for the job. Um, What I found, uh, so I, when I got my job at first, I didn't have that requirement, Um, but I was, uh, I was a GIS person. So I was, you know, making maps and, uh, on the Mm -hmm. technology side of it. So like, well, we don't really give a shit. You're familiar enough with wildfire. I, you know, I was doing fire effects monitoring and all kinds of other wildfire stuff before taking that job. So yeah, come on, we'll, we'll, we'll teach you what you don't know. Basically you teach us what you do know. Um, in that environment, um, what I noticed was that these people that came from the field, excuse me, there's only ever one goal. Well, technically there can be two goals with wildfires now, but in general, there's one goal with a wildfire, right? Put the fucking thing out. (laughs) You know, like there's no debating that. And so what I found was that these folks would come into these desk jockey office positions in a position of leadership and they were unable, some of them, to create a goal. They were unable to manage a team of people towards accomplishments and, and develop a concise leader's intent that would, you know, inspire and entangle a team to create greatness. They couldn't do it because all because they did they were was literally fire out. <laughs> they were literally used to putting out fires, exactly. which is not a good leadership. Like it's a yeah. great leadership skill in an yeah. in a crisis. But it's not great in a no. in a period of calm. You need yeah. someone who's not used to putting out fires twenty four seven. So they say, like you know, uh, wildfire and and the military build the best leaders in the world, 
right? And I say, I don't doubt that. I do not doubt that. But when the goal is as simple as shoot the fucking bad guy and put out the fucking fire, (laughs) right? Uh, I'm not saying it's easy to do, but um, we, so we worked for a, um, it was a brand new program. It was a research and development team, an R&D team. And we took a bunch of old paper-based processes that dudes used to do on the hood of a truck with a big map and a red pen. And they would say, these are our areas of concern. Uh, we want to keep fire out of here. You know, mm-hmm. they, they develop a strategy. The paper form forced them to consider alternatives. What if we don't keep the fire from burning down the bald eagle nest? What's the fallout strategy then? You know, so they'd have to go through this exercise and it would normally take them about an hour, right? Pretty damn simple. Everybody'd roll the paper up or, you know, they'd, they'd run off copies. They'd roll the son of a bitch up and stick it in their cargo pocket of their fire pants. And that thing would never be seen again. So <laughs> in that case, it, it, in that case, what, what, what we found was dramatically missing from the, the wild fire environment from the theater, you know, of suppression that was going on was that there was an extreme, an extreme lack of objectives and goals. Right. And so there was no, there were no core, there was like no course of action beyond put out the fire. And it's like, well, there's all kinds of very tactical shit going on on the ground, right? People are directing in airstrikes and retardant drops and helicopters and all this other stuff and crews of men and women going everywhere. And that's all orchestrated absolutely brilliantly. But overall, there was no cohesion uh, of, of goals and tactics that came together. And, and if it's it like did- strategy level. Yeah, if it did potentially, right, potentially, in 2009, the government passed a law or a rule that said you can manage a fire for, for multiple objectives, meaning you could let one side of a fire burn and put the other side out, okay? Uh, we know that more fire on the landscape is good. It's always been there. It's a good thing, uh, as long as it's not at a catastrophic level. And we've gotten to a point now where the apple cart's upset and every fire's causing catastrophic damage. So the goal with this 2009 thing was like, hey, get your poop in a group, dudes. Start letting it burn on that side and put it out on this side, right? And so that way we could use fire where it was going to do the most good and stop fire where it was going to do the most bad. Well, what we found was that because nobody could get their poop in a group and nobody could build these objectives and these goals, we were just stuck and it was like, eh, put it out. Fuck it. <laughs> you know, to the tune of 600 to $900 million a year. Right. Ah, fuck it. Put it out. You know, and it became that arbitrary because we couldn't set goals in that environment. Goals were so critical and they were lacking for so long. So I, I, did, I use that kind of as an, as an anecdote to say, I downplay them all the time with my own business and my own life, but I venture to say if I got my poop in a group, I could, I could be a lot better off than I am. Right. (laughs) Poop in a group. This this is a new analogy I've never heard before. Well, Um, you can, you can use that in a a business meeting instead of getting (laughs) together, you know? (laughs) I want to, I want to talk about, I want to talk about this whole manager thing, but I want to go back in conversation for a sec. 
um, Grant, your goal that you said that you make every every year, there is a a thing that really relates to this, and it's something that I've taken on board and I've lost a couple of times and brought back, and it is a an army term called killing your clone or kill your mm. clone. And essentially okay. what it is, every night at midnight, your body resets. And your goal for that day is to kill your clone from the day before, i.e. do something better, be a better person than the day before. So this right. is used a lot in the terms with, say, working out. So, all right, I walked a kilometer today. I'm going to walk 1.1 kilometers tomorrow to build, to kill my clone from today. So each day you're getting better and better. Right. Cool. That is yeah. For a person like me, that's I'm, and I've said it before. I'm the worst motivator of myself. Right. The simplicity of that is brilliant because it. Some days I'm gonna shoot the son of a bitch right between the eyes, and other days I'm just barely gonna whip his ass. Right. Um, And so I (laughs) think the beauty of it room in there. The beauty of it is, so say it's like I want to walk one kilometer, and say you make it all the way up to five kilometers. And then the next day you take a break. Well, all you got to do is walk one. Yeah. Right. But, no, 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 but no, no, no. you killed your goal. No, you, you no. If you killed your clone when you took the break. It doesn't matter. It's reset. I'm only killing yesterday. Said, this walking's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> no, but like, it, like a big part of the problem, like a lot of people who set like daily goals and stuff, they get into a problem where when they, when they fail one, one day or one week, it's the same oh, with yeah. quitting smoking or anything. I had I, yes. I broke down and I had a cigarette. Okay. Yeah. Well, well a, guess what? Tomorrow, a, all you got to do is have one less cigarette than you did the day before. Right. And there's a quote that's used a lot in uh, in recovery circles that that's stay on the bus, the scenery will change. Right. And, and right. it's like, hey man, you fell off the bus today, but mm. scenery changes tomorrow, brother. You know, keep at it. Uh, which I think right. is also pretty brilliant. Um, yeah, I goals are, are really funny and, and now being a being a business owner, you know, which to me is so strange to begin with. Um, I think when you're working a day job and we hear it all the time, right? Oh, you're living the dream. You got to quit the day job to make the shit for a living. Whoo, brother, yeah. Oh I, I some would probably say that I that that my story anyway fits that description. I can tell you from experience, there's no like magical fucking switch that, that gets flipped and you're like, I own a business. What, what even is owning a business? It's a piece of paper yeah. that says Butler built LLC is now allowed to pay taxes. <laughs> That's it. You know, right. there's not like magically some thing that you own now. It's, it's the same as it was. I come out here every fucking day and I make shit. And sometimes I sell that shit and other times I don't. Uh, but now I am overly critical of every minute I spend in this workshop because it damn well better be bringing in money or leading to it. So I, it's like, when, yeah, weird. <laughs> when, when I got my CNC, my wife and I, we started a business and we paid the money. We paid for our business yeah. name and all that sort of stuff. A year later, that business name expired. We never did anything with it. When I first yeah. bought it, I'm like, oh, look at me. I'm a business owner. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not. It, it's more it tangible to buy business. a domain name, right? Like it's, it's yeah. 10 yeah. times more tangible to own a fucking domain name. 
owning a business is like, like I said, literally the only thing that you get out of it is the ability to start paying taxes. Oh, you know, and of course, the other thing everybody thinks about that doesn't have a business is, oh, but you get to write off everything. You know, you're writing off tools and fucking drinks. They need to listen to Christy and understand what writing off actually means. Christy is is one of the, yeah, one of the few people that I go, you get it. Because so many people don't understand what writing off means. A lot of people think when you say write off, it means, well, I don't have to pay for it. And it's I go, free. Yeah. Right. It's not free. And That's not that writing money. off. And I guess the way I, I look at it and, and the way I've described it to a number of people that, that, that legit, like, I give them a lot of props because they literally just came right out and they're like, hey, dude. I had no fucking idea what that means. Like, can, can you tell, like, tell me on the down low, you know? And, you know, like yeah. I, I, I explained it like, look, you're going to spend that money one way or the other. Right. In fact, I just, mm-hmm. I just used this to explain it to my seven year old the other day. And I, and I was like, Sam, he's like, cause he's like, what's a write off dad. And I was like, well, you've cl- clearly been watching too much YouTube. <laughs> First <laughs> of all, that you even know that word. But I said, well, here's the deal, right? At the end of the year, I owe the government a bunch of money based on how much I made and I've got to pay that regardless. If I just pay it as taxes, I really don't get anything in return, right? But if I have something that the government has said I can write off, then I actually get a tangible something out of spending that money, right? Either way, I'm going to spend the $1,000 to buy the new sewing machine or the new table saw or the whatever. It's going to get spent, going to be gone, never going to see it again. But if you have a write-off, hey, man, you get something out of it, right? And so I, I so that only like, matters if you are owing money. Yeah, well, uh, that's a big thing. That I'll leave that to Christy. Well, Christy and I had enough like to have a several-hour phone call. It was awesome. I, I yeah. pestered her for a little bit, and I said, look, because I, I see her position, right? If you're an accountant all day, the last thing you want to do is come home in your fun free time and not woodwork for three nights a week because you're doing what makers taxes. But I said, Christy, people don't know this stuff. And people yeah. don't know it to I, the I, extent I, that they avoid it. You know, they, they don't do it. And I don't think there's a problem with a lot of people getting audited. But, man, I will say a couple hours on the phone with her and it's like, oh, there, there are a lot of ways that your side hustle, I'll say, or your full-time business to an extent. But if you're running a side hustle – I'm pretty well convinced after talking to her, like it would be very much in your benefit to file as a legal business entity, do your taxes because of uh, the programs that are in place here in the States anyway, right? Uh, Dollars you can write off, expenses you can write off, all that kind of stuff. It, It is very much worth it. And I think everybody dreads it like the fucking plague, you know? Um, this is where a lot of people don't get like, oh, I'll, I'll do it under the table and I won't have to pay taxes and all that. All that's doing is like it, it doesn't actually – like it doesn't really work out in the end. Like it works out no. for small things like, okay, if, if you're making like $1,000 under the table and then you go buy – like you go buy a bunch of – like you go to the restaurant and you pay with cash, right? Like if yeah. it always stays cash, it's not traceable. But as soon as you're buying right. stuff – it doesn't yeah. make any sense. If you're going to a business and buying a table saw, you should have been a business buying it, not 
yeah. even if it's like yeah. a sole mm-hmm. proprietorship yeah. or whatever. But that's so. I think we're getting a Don't little off goals. Tax tips from part-time podcasters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so here's it. Okay, so let me. I'll tie. I'll tie it into goals, right? So, um, my wife and I now it's like that's the only thing I talk about with, <laughs> with her to an extent is the fucking business because it's like has to be your life, right? Um, and I and I like most of us makery types, like twice a week I've got the new the next new big idea right like hey i'm gonna get this and wow that son of a bitch will pay for itself in no time like like you'd have to be a moron for that machine to not pay for itself fuck me i still hear that one it's like i don't know how these bastards are paying off their fucking cncs but it ain't easy brother (laughs) you know nobody like smelled cnc in my neighborhood and came over and like what's cooking dude oh i need a cnc no that shit happened um but she, so she said, it's funny. She said to me, and my wife is brilliant for this kind of stuff. I, I love how her brain works because she's, she's like, all right, listen. She's like, it's the end of the freaking year. She's like, I know you're all excited. You got these ideas. You got all these plans, all this, whatever else. She's like, but I really don't want to hear them. She's like, you need to keep doing what you're doing. And she said, here's a goal for you. She's like, build the best business processes that you can, right? Build better business processes than anyone else, right? Like, and, and make that your mantra for this coming year, you know? Right. And she's like, don't be the dude that has a, a shoebox full of fucking receipts that he needs to enter into some system or whatever, right? Don't be the guy that doesn't understand QuickBooks or understand write-offs or what you can write off, right? Uh, you know, she's like, nail down your processes. She's like, still make shit. She's like, but come up with the process for building an apron, come up with the process for building, you know, a table or whatever it is. She's like, be the best. So I kind of laughed at first and I was like, Oh, so you want me to become the fucking government? Huh? You want me to be the government? I see. (laughs) Cause if you work for the government, everything has a process, right? Like shredding fucking paper has 12 steps posted on the wall beside the paper shredder. <laughs> but I, after I but, thought about it, I was like, that's actually brilliant. It really is. Cause I completely overlooked that part. Um, now I won't say completely, but I'm like, ah, well, if you, if you have the shoe box full of receipts, you it's didn't completely right. overlook it, right? but yeah, you were pretty yeah. fucking close. Right. Like there were those days, right. Where I didn't want to get the table saw desk out and sit there and really, you know, watch a YouTube video about taxes instead of making shit, right. you know? And I don't know, it's gamify it, whatever you got to do. But I think it, to me, it was like, Oh, that is, that is fucking brilliant. Bingo. And I think I'll that's do. one of the things that people don't realize with their goals is that yeah. they are setting goals as dreams. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And they're thinking they're, they're thinking in their head as I like my goal is to live in the forest and in a log cabin. I'm like, no, that's your yeah. dream. Your dream is to live in the forest. Yeah. Like your goal yeah. is to be independently wealthy. And how are you gonna get there? Right. right? Like but what I are think, you gonna do? do? Do you think it's a terminology thing? Because if I if I said to those same people or yourselves, um, Let's sit down and write some objectives for the year. Would, of would course, that yeah. that would be less like you know I want to have a million dollars, and it would be more like oh man, I want to nail down 
this or this process or, Hey, we really need to tighten up the shipping department, you know, or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. And I agree a hundred percent. It's, it's always comes down to what do I think that word means? And what do you yeah. think that word yeah, means? Yeah. But yep. when people talk about goals and they, they talk about them in a way that doesn't make any sense to me because they right. talk about them in, I want a million subscribers. Great. What does that even mean? Right. Oh, Ben is frozen. Oh, there. What are we I looking think, at? I think. Ben? It, I think. <clears throat> okay. Um, I think when someone's like, when someone says like, oh, "I want to, I want to have a million subscribers," it's more of them looking at the someone that has a million subscribers, going, "I want to be them." Can you hear me? Because he was muted. Oh, yeah. I think you're muted. Yeah, there Sorry. was an Amber Alert. Amber Alert came oh. through and it moved my the uh, the am the 84 year old missing man with dementia. Uh, Amber Alert moved my AirPods to my phone instead of my my MacBook. Uh, ah, I gotcha. <laughs> Good so old then I was like, what's happening? I was for a minute there. <laughs> Fuck me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, okay so i think a lot of people talk about goals in a way that they're, they're actually talking about milestones and milestones mm-hmm. are things along the way that show you you're on the right way yeah yeah and i think that's and it's all terminology and i think you're all right like i, I don't think it matters call it goals mm-hmm. call it dreams call it milestones call it whatever you want to call it all i know mm-hmm. is like i remember morley was like i want to get to ten thousand subscribers and then he had mm-hmm. that video pop off and then yeah. he was like, "Now you know what? By the end of the year, now I want to get to a hundred thousand, right?" And then he did. But, but what are the right? like? I would be curious if you asked if you asked him, like, "Okay, I want to get to ten thousand followers." And and you see that I hell I've I've said those types of things, and right. I feel it more today than than maybe four years ago, three four years ago, right? But okay, you want to get to ten thousand followers? How the fuck are you going to do that? You know, like with an unpredictable algorithm and, uh, you know, like, but I'd be curious if, if Morley back then had a plan and I'm pretty, I'll bet he did. It may not have been a a fully formed, uh, perfect thing, but he clearly had a vision for what his YouTube channel was going to become. Right. Right. So this is where I look at it and go, you need to look at what you are in control of. Yeah. I need to produce more narrative driven content. Okay. I need to produce more videos. I need to produce better videos, longer videos, like whatever you want to do, but you can't, like you said, it's an unpredictable algorithm. That means nothing. Right. right. Like yeah. I, I had a video blow up on Instagram. I went from, I was struggling at 2,500 and I went to 5,000. In a weekend, the wind blew from the west that day. You know, <laughs> right? Like that video. Now I post every single day. I post a reel, yeah. and when I go into like my hearts to see what's going on, it is a hundred percent that video. And I just go. I'm still getting so many likes from this stupid video I made, and I'm like, just yeah. stop. A hundred thousand likes is too many likes. I don't want to get. I don't want anyone to look at that video ever again. Almost want to delete it. <laughs> oh, it's funny, right? dude, like, though, but. Like if you went back in my feed to three years ago or so, like I was hitting 
a million view video twice a month. That's how wild wow. west the algorithm was then. I mean, it, it right. was nothing to hit a million views. Pfft, no fucking problem, you know? Um, yeah. But in, in, I don't know if it's good or bad, where what it's become, you know, uh, I think there are there is some good about it. It needed throttling. It really, truly did because it was it was it was insanity back back in the day. It was TikToky, hmm. you know. But yeah, yeah. Well, that's another thing, Adam. It, it's it's hard with something with like a, a sub goal, like you said. You can't control the algorithm, but having yeah. a big goal like that, I think one of the biggest things is, like you said, to break it down into smaller goals that are achievable that can help get you there. So, yeah, right. like you said, make you know you want to set a smaller goal of okay, I want to get out a weekly video or or whatever, and you set multiple of that to help you get to the big goal. Right, a sub goal. So that's where like, I want to call them dreams, yeah. not goals. Hmm. Yes. Yeah, that's, but that's you kind of terminology they help problem. frame it, right? And what as an back to the whole wildfire example, right? Like, so we what all, what we would have for every fire that was on, going under one of these management plans is that ultimately you had a course of action. You know, wh- what is your true course of action? And it, and it kind of came down to you're either going to put the fire out, you're not going to put the fire out, you're, it's in the wilderness, you're going to let it burn, or you're going to do a mixture of the two, right? So, right. so that's yeah. sort of like your core. Like, I want to be the next fucking woodworking YouTube rock star. Okay, cool. And then below that, we would hang all of these right. objectives, right? So the, the objective was, okay, we're going to let it burn except for the uh, Indian burial ground, except for, you know, the bald eagle nest or the, the cutthroat trout stream or all these things became objectives to protect or objectives to accomplish. We want to communicate with our neighbors if the fire even starts to move in that direction, you know, so all these things supported the course of action. I like that. I, I, I've been, um, I never really wanted to go up in my position at work, but I've been looking to put in for trainer to train essentially the people that will be doing my job. Um, and I was talking to my shift manager about it and he said, the best thing you can do is you go onto the portal and then you fill out your resume and you do all these pre prerequisite questions and everything that are always fit. No matter what job you're going to go through, you have to do it all. He said, do it all now. And then as soon as you apply for that job or whatever job comes up, you want to apply for, it's all done, ready to go. Don't leave it till you actually go to apply and then you have to do it all. Right. And I was like, then it's, it's a it's, barrier. You know, yeah, exactly. It's a barrier. And you want to take that first step before beforehand so that you, you're already on yeah. your way. <clears throat> if I you know, I, I can say too, like if you are um you know, if you are if you're a part time woodworker, you have a full time job and uh you're doing it as a hobby side business kind of a thing, um, in my mind, it, it, and you're really pushing to make that become a reality your goals should be setting you up for when that day comes right Right. so maybe it's i want to i want to buy the saw stop table saw this year i gotta sell enough stuff to buy the saw stop or i want the cnc or the whatever it is because when you do make that leap the last thing you want to do is take out a business loan to buy 20k in tools you know it's it's, if you're lucky to get one 
Right. Exactly. For and your I, business I, with no plan and no goals. And no- <laughs> right. And I thank God was pretty well set up when it came to tools before I had to make that jump. But if not, I'd be screwed. Hey, hey, listen, I, I, I want to buy a CNC and I'm going to make a business out of it and I'm going to do this. Yeah, so did the last 10 people that came in here, mate. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. in thinking about the different ways we like to measure success, one of the ways we like to measure it is with our Patreon people. So I want to thank our Patreon supporters, especially the F-Clamp level, Brent Jarvis from Clean Cut Woodworking, Vincent Ferrari from Digitally Creative, Scott Oram from Dad It Yourself DIY, and I'm very sorry for the Scott Oram lovers. We tried to get them on last week, but the technical difficulties of all three of us disconnecting from Zencaster. Mate, multiple if we released points. our pre-show last week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyways, so Scott's going to be on in the new year. Thank you again, Scott, and I'm sorry. Uh, Joe Herdina, Lawrence from Maritime Knife Supply, Rich from Low End Design, and David Wood from DW Wood Builds. Thank you to all of them, and thank you to everyone else who supports us. Um, you know, it, it's meant, meant a lot to... You know, me personally, and and I'm sure Adam as well, but I know whenever I get a new patron subscriber, no matter the level, I like, I do a little happy dance. It it shows to me that, you know, what we're doing is bringing value and people are enjoying it. And so I really appreciate that. And if you want to get access to, you know, this episode's 30 minute pre-show and probably another 30 minute after show, unless Adam needs to run. Uh, you know, as well as a leather keychain made by me, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash clamp. We'd really appreciate it. Um, and with that, uh, let's go to clamp mandations. Clamp mandations. Uh, my clamp mandation this week is going to be a comedian by the name of Brad Williams. Mm. He is a little person. And his comedy is really based around being a little person. And it's funny because it sounds really wrong um, to say this, but like, I, I don't know. I just, I just really have a thing for little people. I just, I think, and he, he makes it like, that's one of his main jokes is that people just love little people. And for some reason we just do. And I don't know. He just, he's just so funny about like everything's to do with a little a little person. Yeah, I think I've seen him a bunch on TikTok recently. I, my recommendation this week is you go listen to the Makeshift podcast. I was a guest on there, but that's not why I'm recommending it. They were talking to me about how many listeners they get, and I don't think they get enough for how good of a quality of a podcast no, they, they put out there. Not even so, uh, Chris and nice. Corey, uh, Chris Powell from Full Seams Designs, and and Corey Stanley from Odyssey CNC. They make a great podcast. They got great guests, especially, you know, when I was on there. But they've had other good guests. Dropping uh, yeah, the oh, truth bombs oh, you were on that podcast. Yeah, yeah I think yeah, I was they, six, they six or seven beers deep when I did that one. I, I was <laughs> wondering. I, I was going to ask you that. I was curious because it, it was funny. I could just – I could tell. It was like like as it went on, it just looser and looser. I, but that's fun, man. That's yeah, yeah, it was good. It was good times. So fun. They're great people, people, so great. go – Go, uh, go have a listen. And Corey, I'm pretty sure, was like 13 or 14 beers deep. <laughs> oh, he's such a – he is fun. He's really fun. Yeah. Which, How about you, Ben? I What do you got? I'd recommend Corey. 
uh, for sure. Yeah. That's that's a quick quickie. But there's a dude, uh, I want to say he's in Arizona or, or New Mexico, one or the other. And I'm trying to find him quick just to make sure I have the tag right. But it's TFS Builds. Um, hmm. And he's just, you know, average Joe garage woodworker. And I, I don't know that he's been doing social media for all that long. He's got 747 followers. Um, and it's cool. I don't know if, if you follow house, Brian house for a good while, and he still does it to an extent, but he was just doing these like one minute shop update style videos where you just get on like, Hey, here's what's going on in the shop. And we're doing this over there and do that kind of using posts as others would use stories, you know, right. uh, but putting it on the main feed and it, I don't know. It's, it's kind of a cool, cool take. Cause again, like coming back to what we were talking about in the pre-show or, or was that the real show or you guys got pre-show after show and uh, the pre-pre-show <laughs> and the PP show. Whatever. And, yep. <laughs> but uh, you know, I think it's, it's a window into your workshop and yeah, I've been so bad at posting to Instagram and any kind of social media for the past over a year. I'm the first to bitch about how bad the algorithm is and the last to make a post to do anything about it. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So I think I would encourage everybody like, you know, uh, show more of your shop and yourself. Because when I think back to three, four years ago, five years ago, when I first started in this community, like that was the fun stuff, right? It just came up the other day, reminder thing on Google photos. And for a while I had a hashtag that was the walk to your shop. <laughs> because I was like, we see every, the inside of everybody's workshop, right? Like all fucking yeah. day long. I want to see what it look. Where does it sit? What does it look like? And, you know, it was like, so that kind of stuff was really fun and, and really got to know a lot of people really well back then. Because um, as, yeah, as a child, I found, oh, God. Yeah. I found like in the last two years, it's been hard to get like outside of the people I know. I know. Clean your follower. Like I go through every about two, three months when my fall, when the people I'm following creeps up to a thousand and you yeah, know, yeah, there's the gotta same. be a hundred brands or some bullshit that you really don't need to follow in there. Right. Clean that shit right. out. The like, ones you follow Instagram, just for the giveaway. <laughs> yeah. Instagram blows its fucking load, dude. It doesn't not know what to do with you anymore. And it's, right. it, it is kind of cool. Cause it kind of resets stuff a bit. I've seen, um, so, I've seen follow my followers increase because of that. And I've also yeah. seen, you know, just my posts do better because I'm now I'm getting new people in there. So yeah, clean that yeah, shit. Yeah, I just I guess I find it's kind of like once you get out of elementary school or high school, finding new friends is so hard. And well, so like in the first year right? Seinfeld says yeah, like, you can't exactly ask some dude on the street if he wants to come over for a play date. Like right. So I feel like the first year I was on Instagram, I was making like, that's how I met Adam and stuff on YouTube. I was making friends left, right and center. But as I've gotten into this like weird spot where I'm like, I'm no longer a small creator, but I'm not a big creator. I find it hard to make, to find new friends. But if you're a friend, if you want to be one of our friends, come on out, talk to us. I've been at, I've been at like 14 and a half to 15,000 followers for almost two years. Um, And it just, you know, you get to that point where it's like, I, I'm like, um, 
Um, like Keith over at Blackthorn, the no new friends, yeah. <laughs> no new friends, right? Like no new friends. Well, see, okay. Keith actually should get new friends because all of his friends seem to get support his Patreon. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Even his family. You know what? He should actually just expand his family. I'm pretty yeah. sure half their Patreon list is just uh, him and his brothers and, and his wife. We're all just but, passing around the same $5 bill anyway, you know? <laughs> I know this. But Patreon's like taking a little piece off of it every time it goes around. Yeah. Uh, keep it's your such fucking a weird, money. I'll send you the after show for free. <laughs> you know, no, I won't do that. Years. Adam won't let me do it. I would send everyone the after show for free, but Adam will not let me do it. But talking about Adam, we need to do Adam's slang of the week. So for those who don't know, uh, you can send Adam a slang from your area or something you grew up with or maybe like an inside joke that just whatever. Some slang that you use or is used in your area with the definition and a, uh, you know, an example sentence. And that way, Adam's going to try and quiz uh, me and whoever our guest is, and, and potentially one day, if we ever get another third host, that person as well. Um, and spots are still open, so contact us if you're interested. I think you guys but, should keep rolling as a duo. I like it. Yeah, it's a lot of work. It's not only work to get guests on, so you guys should be fine. Yeah, you, you think it's a lot of work trying to come up with a topic? Imagine trying to find a guest every week too. Uh, right. I can't. Why do you think we have Beacon do it? Right. <laughs> All right. Well, so I, I got I got a message from Grant's favorite um, review lever. Oh. Of shit. oh, yes, the and one I couldn't pronounce slang. any of those words. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, um, so Carter Carter messaged me and said that um, just heard Grant reading out my review tonight it was very funny. So that was cool. And he gave me some Doric slang. Said he has some more for me if I need it. But. Um, Slang for this week is Doric, and it's going to be to act, feel, F-E-E-L. To act, feel? To act, feel. Can you use it in a sentence? You're handsy. You're handsy. Touchy. An example. That dog is a feel beast. Oh. Like ferocious, mean. I'd say like the opposite, like that is a calming and like you could go up and oh, pet it because you could feel it. All the feels. What do you? What's the answer there? I have I have another sentence. If you want to do that first, okay. Mm-hmm. Go for My it. My daughter is acting feel again, like emo. But no, okay. <laughs> just give us the answer. <laughs> okay. Um. Okay. So he said it means to act stupid stupidity. Oh. So, for example, the the dog, the dog is a field beast. The dog is a silly animal. Yeah. Hmm. Or my daughter what language is being silly. Or, or what, what? Where is it from? Doric. What? I don't know what Doric, Doric is. I, I I I think it's Irish or Scottish. No, that's Gaelic. When um, I say Doric, I assume like um, Welsh. You're a no. dork. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, Welsh. I guess I don't know. What's um? No, well, Welsh is Welsh. What about Viking. Oh, I, sure. I feel like Vikings. Doric to me just Isn't makes it, me think of Vikings. How do you spell Doric? D O D O R I C. D O R I C. Sounds like it could be like a Star uh, Wars thing. <laughs> Carter is based in Scotland. Oh, it's uh, okay. It's a dialect of ancient Greek spoken especially in Sicily and southern Italy. Oh, okay. 
There you go. Okay. Well, well, it is what it is. Thank you very much for that. If you guys have (laughs) some fun slang, uh, send it on over to Adam. You have to message Adam directly. This is the way we get Adam onto Instagram more than once a week is that you message him (laughs) and he'll go on there. Um, you know, I don't know about before more we than once a week, he can still get away with just once a week if he you know, <laughs> if he happened to do it on Wednesday afternoon, <laughs> right? Thursday for him. Uh, so right, this is going to be our last <laughs> uh, show for 2022. So as we're we're ringing out the new year, I want to thank everyone for coming along for the ride that was, you know, this this crazy year. Um, we're going to take the next two weeks off. We'll be back in 2023. Uh, we've tried doing the podcast over the, the holidays, but there's just so much going on. It makes it really hard to uh, to record. So Ben was our very, very last guest. So I want to thank him. But Adam has something to say before I, just I do want to that. I say before we move on, because um, so when we say, for instance, last week, I couldn't get an episode out. We did a clamp. Um, what do we call it? Classic. Clamp Classic. Clamp Classic. Now, Grant said we shouldn't bother putting out a Clamp Classic for the next two weeks, but I want to hear from our supporters and our people that listen to us. Would you like me to put out a Clamp Classic for the next two weeks? Right. Or do you just want If we get two people that say yes, we will do it. And it can't include Ben. It's already said yes, so we had to do it before. Dare you to put out your first episode. No, we will never, no. never do that. We almost, I was so close and to deleting it. Not the first one that's like actually on the feed, but the one you you probably recorded and didn't post. No, you haven't listened to the first episode then. Because <laughs> um, that's not there. Richard, so long ago. Do not listen to it. Back then, like... But none of us even had microphones. <laughs> right? Well, when... So how many... What episode number is this? How many of you guys done? 131. 131. So you would have started right around the same time that Workport did, roughly. I don't yeah. know what episode number we're at. We started May 2020, wasn't it? I think it was May or uh, April. Yeah. It's a grind, man. People don't realize it. Uh, you know, support these guys on the Patreon because, you know, doing it once a week is a grind. And, and you guys do a lot. Uh, between the pre-show, the it's, after show, and the guests, and it is, it is the editing. The editing is is a lot, yeah. to be honest. It's a lot yeah. more work, uh, you know, than I think anybody realizes. It's certainly a lot more than I ever thought. I I ran a podcast before I jumped on the Work for It podcast called the Woodfellows, and we made about six episodes before we imploded. There was like six people <laughs> on the show. It was a fucking nightmare. Um, and then infighting and inbreeding and everything else left us in the dirt. And um, that was a long time ago. But I can remember starting out going, this is a lot of shit, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah. And then you put it out and like your first episode gets like three view listens and you're yeah. like, what happened? Yeah. yeah. Right. And like, yeah. you're like, there's six of us on here. We didn't all download it. Come on. Right. But it's such a great, <laughs> it's, it's such a great medium it really and truly is it's been around forever Mm. um and it gives us as viewers like a viewer a listener of your show it gives me an opportunity to uh, you know get to meet you guys and know more about you and Mm -hmm. i forget all the time that that people probably know a lot about me (laughs) you know and i'm like whoa (laughs) um yeah you forget that all the time 
a follower on Instagram yeah. means nothing compared to a listener of a podcast in my mind. You know, if you agree way apples to apples, it's yeah. not night and day. I really like the podcast and you ah, guys do a great job. I, thanks for having thank me you. on. I, I really yeah. Well, it. thank you for coming on. Absolutely. Why don't you take a second? Tell everyone, I know you said it at the top of the podcast, but if anyone's still listening and now they've heard you and they actually want to follow you, where or can not. they find you? Whatever. Butler right, built or they want to block you. Yeah, right. they want to throw egg at my face. Butler built that US. Very simple. One T. But all right. Ler built that US. Perfect. Yeah, well, thank you very much. Guy, ben really likes to talk, and I think he should start a podcast. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> all right, Noah. Whoa, whoa. Thank you, TF Turning, for the theme song. Thank you, everyone, for uh, watching. Uh, and listening, you can find us on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, all at Clamp. Uh, you know, Twitter. see you guys you in 2023. You do the tweets. Happy New Year. Happy Holidays, everyone. Oh, yes, just happy the tweeties, Not the tweeties. Yeah. <laughs> all right. On that note. <laughs>